You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Aloha and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's continue our time of worship as we give our tithes and offerings before we get into the Word of God. Um, For those of you that have been with us uh, for any amount of time, we want you to know that this is a part of worship as well as we give to the work that God is doing in and through Reality Honolulu and being a part of actually seeing God's kingdom practically go forth. Not only is that a way of service, but it's a way of worship that we give um, our resources that God has given us and we give back and we give to him because he is a generous God. And so uh, made in his image, we become a generous people. And can't thank you enough for your continued generosity to just make church happen and to see God's kingdom move. And um, so gracious for that. If you want to learn more about how you can give and what, what that all entails, you can visit realityhonolulu.com on our give page there. But what I want to do as a church family is just thank the Lord for his provision and um, your faithfulness and his graciousness on providing for us. And just pray that his will be done with all that he's given us, and then we'll enter into a time of worship. Let's do that. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the time of musical worship we just had, and thank you now we can worship you with the resources you've given to us. And God, we ask that you would continue to move in our church and through our church for your glory here in Hawaii as it is in heaven. God, we we once again just just want to say that you are the senior pastor, senior leader. This is your church. And so God, have your way with these funds for your glory. Thank you, Lord, the ways that you've used your church thus far, these three years. And God, we are expectant for more, exceedingly abundantly more than we can even hope, think, or imagine. And so God, I I pray you'd use these funds for your glory in the building of your church. Uh, Bless our time in your word today as we reflect and remember your birth. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us this Sunday morning for our digital house church here at Reality Honolulu. Um, Before we get into the word of God this morning, I want to just highlight one announcement Um, We do announcements. A lot of times we publish those kind of throughout the week, email and social media and videos and whatnot. But coming up this Wednesday, we're going to have a Christmas service. This Wednesday, December 23rd at 5.30 p.m., we are going to be gathering safely in person or a live stream option. Um, All the info can be found on our website. But we want to make sure you... um, know about that, for one, that you didn't realize that we had a Christmas service uh, and you didn't or weren't aware of it, but also we want you to just join in however you feel comfortable, like we're a church family and we want to be together and some of us are going to do that safely in person and some live stream, but we want to make sure like we're together in that worshiping God and reflecting and being reminded of the beauty and the wonder of our Savior's birth. And so um, be excited to have you. For a lot of you, this might be the first time we're seeing each other's masked faces in a long time, Um, but really excited for that. 
But without further ado, we're going to get into our time this morning. And if you've been with us, you know that we have been in a Advent series. Today is the fourth Sunday that we're in this Advent uh, series, uh, four weeks leading up to Christmas. Advent meaning arrival that we as a church are anticipating and recalling and remembering uh, the birth of our Savior and, and his return as well, his first coming and his second coming. And each week we've been spending time looking at an aspect of what the birth of Christ brought to the world. And we've looked at hope and peace and joy. And today we're going to talk about the love of God, which is shown in and through the birth of Christ and all that followed. And so each week, as you know, we've been lighting a candle signifying um, one of these things. And so each week we've had it and this is our fourth and final week of our Advent prior to Christmas, um, the candle of love, reflecting on the love of God. And the, the text that I want to anchor us in and kind of go from is one that we probably all know or have memorized, right? It's John 3.16 and 3.17, and this is from the New Living Translation today. It says this. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. This is the Christmas story. This is the tantamount, paramount part of Christmas that the love of God is manifest to the world in the person of Jesus Christ. That God sent his son to the world out of love. And that's the first place I want to take us to. This first point is that God's motivation is always love. When God does things, when God sent his son, how God thinks about us, why God says certain things and says don't do other things is out of love, always has been and always will be. See, God sending his son to earth, the baby in the manger to die upon a cross, wasn't out of obligation, wasn't because he felt bad, but rather he was wanting to restore a broken relationship between us and him. See, Jesus, Christmas, the meaning of Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ, the motivation behind that, the reason behind why God sent his son to earth to be born a baby in a humble manger, to experience all the effects of this sinful world, to die on a cross for us in our place, a death that we deserve, 
the main motivation for God doing this to his one and only son was because he loves us. He loves us with a fierce, eternal, perfect, and passionate love. And that same love that motivated God to send His Son into the world to save the world, that same love that compelled God to save humanity 2,000 years ago is true today as it was then. See, God is pursuing us. He desires to be with us. It is freely offered to us. His heart has not changed for us despite how we act and react and whether we follow him or listen or obey. Whatever we've done in the world looks like, his motivation has been, is, and always will be out of love for his creation. You see, the second point I want to highlight when it comes to God's love, is that God's love is unconditional. You see, there's no strings attached. There's no work on our part that makes or keeps God loving us. It's unconditional. There are no conditions to his love. It's not like some kind of contract with a bunch of fine print and in order to be loved by God or accepted by God or keep in God's love, we have to follow all this fine print and sign on a dotted line and make sure that our, we perform well and we're good people and we do everything that God wants us to do or else he won't love us. You see, no, by nature, the love of God is unconditional. There are no strings attached. There's no fine print There's nothing that could change or separate us from the love of God. Look at what Scripture says about this. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The book of Romans in chapter 6 goes on in verse 23 and says, For the wages, the result of sin, of our own sin, is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ our Lord. While we were still sinners, while we were in rebellion, when we didn't love God, when we didn't follow God, that's when God sent his son. Because It wasn't because we earned it or deserved it, but rather it's a free gift. By grace we've been saved. It's undeserved. God looking at our mess, our depravity, our rebellion, loved us so much unconditionally, not depending upon us, loved us and sent his son into the world to save us. See, some of us, understandably, have a broken and a skewed view of love, right? Because the way in which we even know what love is when we talk about love in general, 
the only gauge we have to know what love is and what it's supposed to be is what we've seen and known and experienced ourselves. And all of us have a different story when it comes to being loved and how we've been loved and how we were raised and a relationship with our parents. And um, some of us obviously have much healthier environments or experiences, and some of us really do not. And some of us specifically can have trouble receiving love or even talking about it when it comes to a father figure, depending on our own earthly father and, and all that comes with, were they present, were they not, what was your family like, if they loved you or not, how they loved you. Obviously, our experiences dictate so much when we talk about the love of God, our Heavenly Father. Sometimes our view to that can be skewed or hard to grasp or hard to understand or hard to receive. And my hope is that today, as you're hearing this, that we would know that the love of God that is given and offered to you and all of humanity through Jesus is a perfect love that none of us actually have ever experienced. It's different from anything. And the truth is, it's perfect. It will never hurt you. It will never let you down. The love of God has been freely given freely offered. It's not conditional on what we've done or what we will do, but it's all based on what God has done for us. Do you see that? The love of God is unconditional. It is not dependent upon our own performance. In our mess, while we were yet sinners, while we still rebel and still mess up and still doubt him, he loves us with a fierce and passionate, unconditional love. And point three that I want to talk about this morning is that God is committed to humanity and it's redemption and renewal. That God is committed to seeing humanity redeemed and renewed. The message I want to remind us of this Sunday prior to Christmas. In the midst of a really hard time. At the end of a devastating year. Is that God, our heavenly Father, our perfect, loving, heavenly Father, is committed by love to see humanity, you and I, freed from sin and free from the things that entangle us and mess us up in this world. See, God is committed to lovingly, to seeing us be redeemed back to how he created us to be in perfect, loving union with him. See, God is committed. He's more committed. He's the, sa he's the same. 
He is the same commitment level as he was 2,000 years ago as he is now. He is committed as he has ever been to see the renewal, to see renewal come to a lost, broken, and dying world. He loves you and I just as much as he's loved anyone else forever. His love is unchanging. And he is committed to it. He is committed to the relationship, whatever it takes. For those of us that are in marriage relationships for any amount of time, you understand what commitment is and how love is a commitment. You are committed to that person, to love them and take care of them. Despite maybe how you feel or when it gets hard, we believe that marriage is a commitment. It's a commitment of love to that other person. Well, way more than that, for all of eternity, past, present, and future, God, you can bet, God is committed to seeing redemption and renewal come to his creation to restore a broken relationship. He is lovingly committed to this relationship. You see, what sets Christianity apart from every other religion or belief system, any other source of hope in this world that you could put your hope in, what sets Christianity apart from all of these things is the person of Jesus Christ. See, what Christmas really represents is that God so loved the world that he sent his son to die for it. Not that we would die for him to earn our place and earn his love, but rather the opposite, that our God would die for us. Because he loved us so that he could be with us. Do you see that? One author describes it this way. He says, the God Christians worship loves sinners, redeems failures, delights in second chances and fresh starts, and never tires of pursuing lost sheep waiting for prodigal children or rescuing those damaged by life and left on the sides of its paths. That is our God. God showed us these things by sending us his one and only son. This is why in the midst of a really bleak time, a dark part of history, a year that for so many of us we don't even want to remember, because of what God did through the person of Jesus Christ, despite being in this time in history, we, like the angels and the wise men and the shepherds, at the news and sight of Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, 
at the sight and news of Jesus, they worshiped and they glorified God. Church, as we enter into this this time of worship, let's do just that. Let's reflect upon the love of God that is found in the person of Jesus Christ. God, thank you that today we are reminded once again of your love for humanity. That despite what we've done, despite how far away from you we are or have been, it's not based on our performance. You love us. You always will. You are committed to know us and be with us and you will do whatever it takes and you've proven that to us by sending us your son. God, as we enter into this time of worship and as we spend our time um, with our families and, and as we celebrate Christmas this week, we ask that we would be overwhelmed and reminded of the love of God. It saves us. We love you, Lord. We ask that you be glorified and exalted and magnified in our homes right now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you, church. Let's worship our God now. Let's put down any distractions and press in and glorify our God who sent us his son.